Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome back in, everybody, to another episode of the Uptempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and today we are joined by a special guest, Christopher Stock. He is coming on to talk all things Miami Hurricanes football, and uh, I've really got a good episode for you uh, on this uh, Thursday afternoon, and and he gives us a, a good solid 30 minutes of his time. And, man, we talk about numerous things. We talk about Cristobal and his departure from Oregon to Miami. When did that Miami uh, University know that, uh, that Cristobal was on his way down? I know they parted ways with Manny Diaz. And uh, it's it's real exciting times down there for that fan base. He talks about that. How long is it going to take to get back to national dominance? He gives a little insight on uh, recruiting for Miami. And uh, he talks a little bit about Josh Gaddis coming down from Michigan uh, as the new offensive coordinator for Cristobal. And our guy at Auburn, man, Kevin Steele, uh, going down as D.C. for Cristobal. So uh, he talks a little bit about the impact that uh, his his staff has made uh, so far in recruiting and and the job that they have done and really blazing on the trail. So um, a lot of good stuff, and we talk about expectations in year one, and then we uh, we go back and, and do a little rewind segment and talk about uh, the, the pass interference call in that national championship game between Miami and Ohio State, and that was really cool to get his side of that. And uh, we, um, we talk about – uh, the the college football playoff expansion and we get his take on should it go to to eight or 12 teams or should it stay at four or you know and and that was really exciting so like I said I got a great episode for y'all today and and Christopher gives really solid stuff on Miami football so I'm not gonna uh, make you guys wait any longer and and here it comes right at you hello everyone and I just wanted to give a quick rundown on the anchor app and how I got my start with the uptempo podcast If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back, everybody, and today we are joined by special guest Christopher Stock, the owner of InsideTheU.com and covering everything Miami Hurricanes over at 247 Sports. Christopher, man, how you doing today? Doing good, Blake, man. I appreciate you having me on. I do want to mention I know you're a big Auburn fan. I grew up a big Bo Jackson fan, uh, so I always had a thing for Auburn. A few years ago, I had a chance to, to visit the Auburn campus, get a picture of the statue of Bo outside and, and, you know, have a lemonade at Tumors there. So enjoyed a quick trip uh, over to Auburn, but I know I'm here to talk about Miami, but I just want to make the mention of that real quick. Man, that's all. That's awesome. And, and, uh, we love that Bo Jackson in Auburn and, uh, he, uh, he, he does some special things still in the state of Alabama. I know he no longer lives here and everything, but, uh, he, he bikes Bama every year and that's really cool. But Christopher, man, I took a trip to Miami 
a couple of years ago to the Orange Bowl to watch uh, Alabama and Oklahoma. My mom, she's a really big Alabama fan. And, uh, you know, me, my dad, my mom, we went down there. We saw the, the University of Miami and we went to South Beach and experienced college game day. And I mean, it was everything that you could ever imagine, man. And, and you know, I'm, an, I'm a 90s kid, born in 91. And coming up, Miami was – they were everything. And, and you know, like I said, man, Clinton Portis and and all those guys, the, the Sean Taylors and Jonathan Vilmas, I could go on and on. And I was always a big uh, Willis McGahee fan. Uh, that, that was my guy uh, growing up. In my teenage years and everything, so uh, it was just a, a really awesome trip, man. So that, that's great to hear, and, and that's great to hear you're able to experience that with your, your family, close ones, and that's why we all love sports. And certainly, we love our, our own teams and different teams. But just being able to go to different places and see other places in the country, and certainly, it's a great time. And glad you had a good time at, at Miami. I, I certainly enjoyed my time down here. Man, that's awesome, man. Uh, Christopher, man, I, you know, jumping into the football talk of things, um, I had I had Joel Gunderson on here from ScoopDuck.com um, earlier. When we went over all, um, excuse me, Oregon, and uh, and we were talking about Cristobal leaving his departure to Miami, and he was saying that people around the Oregon program, man, they could kind of tell after their Utah loss, the first Utah loss, that. He, it kind of seemed like he checked out of Oregon and he kind of knew something was up um, and maybe that, that Miami job was opening. Uh, how did When did Miami know that they were getting Cristobal? You know, I, I think just in general with Mario Cristobal, and I had a chance to cover him when he was at um, UM as a coach years ago in kind of the mid-2000s there. Mm-hmm. Look, Miami was always going to, it was always a dream job for him. So mm-hmm. it was always going to be a job he was going to pay attention to. Now, you know how it is. Circumstances, and um, sometimes you don't end up there. Sometimes you have better situations. He was certainly in a great situation at Oregon. It just eventually became a point where it worked out for both sides. Miami decided to, to really fully invest, put more money into the football program, mm-hmm. um, fully committed. And I think once. First of all, found out that that was um, going to be the case. Certainly, he was interested. As far as Miami, as soon as they started to feel like, look, this is not working with Coach Diaz. He's not going to get us to where we ultimately want to be. They didn't believe he was going to. The program was mm-hmm. struggling. They jumped out to two and four. Um, and I think everybody around the country should have been aware that Miami was was certainly looking for a new coach, whether they had publicly announced it or not. And certainly. Coaches know this. Mario Cristobal would have known this. Other mm-hmm. coaches around the country, hey, Miami's struggling a little bit. Coach Diaz isn't getting it done in year three. They knew that it would be a possibility of it opening up. So I, I think everyone's pretty aware of what we, wasn't one of these things where they fell apart of it into the season and, oh, oh my goodness, there, there's an opening. Now, Miami started off terrible, yeah. uh, and they were on watch uh, around the country for every everybody involved, and I think that's what – Ultimately, what now? You know, I, I can't speak on when Cristobal and, and how he thought at Oregon. I mm-hmm. know he wants to win games. Uh, very competitive guy. So, but I will say, you know, um, certainly when Mario was the top of the list for Miami. There's a lot of good coaches out there, but they always wanted Mario, and mm-hmm. it doesn't doesn't always work out with your top choice. But they certainly were were heavily interested in him. The people at the top, and um, there's a lot of excitement right now. He, he's here. And, and I know we'll get into some expectations mm-hmm. for him, but 
definitely a lot of excitement here. Well, man, you know, Auburn, you know, they went through a coaching change last year and his name come up uh, in that and, and Auburn kind of flirted around with Mario and all that stuff that went on. I never really uh, spent much time putting, you know, putting – investing in it and thinking that it was going to happen. But, uh, you know, now I look and you guys hire Kevin Steele as your D.C., uh, former Auburn guy, and and I really like what he does on the uh, defensive side of the ball. And then you also stole uh, Josh Gaddis from Michigan, man, and and looking at their uh, offense last year, could you talk about the staff that Mario is putting together? I mean, it, it looks phenomenal. Yeah, it took a while to get going, right? Like mm-hmm. because it just the hires took a while. You know, Miami fans are a little impatient, um, but as long as ultimately, as long as he gets to the to the final uh, quality staff, that's ultimately what matters. Mm-hmm. And what was seemingly happening that even though they didn't have this full staff put together, he was still able to recruit, um, complete a good class in twenty twenty two, and even without the full class uh, or the full coaching staff. So, yes, mm-hmm. you mentioned he gets a quality veteran guy with Kevin Steele. You know all about him. He's been around all around the Southeast. A lot yes. of top programs been involved with, and that's what you want. Miami needs guys like this. They've not had guys like this for a while or for a majority of the time last 10 to 15 years or so. Now, Coach Rick brought in some guys that have experience, but mm-hmm. he touched on – Kevin Steele, again, veteran guy in his 60s there, and now he brings in Josh Gaddis from Michigan, who wins the Boyles Award. And, uh, yeah, he touched on Michigan's offense and, not, not, you know, the playoff team and everything, a young guy mm-hmm. that seems destined to be a head coach in the future if everything goes well. Uh, it, it's going well. You know, they pick up the Jamal Adai, you know, a defensive backs coach from Georgia. That was they huge. Just won a national title. You pick him up. Okay, mm-hmm. now you're starting to piece this thing together. And, uh, they still got a couple more spots to fill publicly, but it, it's it's coming together well. Uh, and certainly, we'll see how results happen. But there's reason to be excited, excited right now at Miami and the staff that's being put together. And as you know, it's not all about the good, the head coach. You've got to have mm-hmm. good pieces, uh, ten assistants around you. Yeah, man, I always believe in you have to let your assistant coaches coach and do their job as well. And uh, – you know, Christopher, you touched a little bit on the recruiting that he did without his staff being fully in place. Could you talk about some of the guys that Miami got in such short time? I know uh, we mentioned in the in the pre-show when before we started recording, uh, Miami stole one from Auburn that I thought, I mean, for a long time, Trevante Citizen was coming to Auburn and uh, Cristobal just snatched the rug out, man. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, essentially they got guys they were – either not in, involved with, or guys they certainly were not going to get um, unless Cristobal was the head coach. And, and essentially meaning they weren't going to come to Miami with Coach Diaz in place. Uh, they just either guys that they were kind of wanted or they did want. Um, a guy that stands out to me is Jaleel Skinner. It's a four-star tight end that was going to go to Alabama. Um, mm. He liked Miami before, but he picked Alabama, and, and Cristobal got him to, to flip. Um, that wow. was not going to happen under the previous, and then that's the big thing with, with Coach Cristobal. He got guys to to, to go in on Miami um, that they just wouldn't have got. You know, Nigel Kelly's a four-star defensive lineman, a local guy that certainly Miami wanted. I just don't think he was coming, um, and, he, and he kind of flatly has said that he wouldn't have came if Diaz was coach. And wow! They get him on board, so you're picking up 
you're not just picking up quantity, and sometimes you do that coaching changes mm-hmm. with that transition class. You get a good three-star guy if you can. You just worry about the next class, and that's not what Coach did here. He Cyrus Moss, a guy that wasn't even considering Miami as top 100 defensive end out, out of Vegas, they get him to come on board. And he mm. had, you know, Oregon was involved, USC, um, Alabama. One point, you know, these are guys other schools wanted it. He was able to get these guys. You touched on Trevante Citizen. Essentially, the Miami fan base had no idea who he was until <laughs> Cristobal comes along because he just wasn't in the picture. And that's yep. what's been so impressive is you're, you're getting these guys that just wouldn't have came, and he did a good job in getting some quality. They didn't. It's not a big class, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fourteen people, fourteen guys, but you know they get some quality, and I think that's good. And they've added some transfers, and we'll continue. I think they'll continue to look for transfers. Um, after the spring. Man, um, a, a lot of talent coming into Miami, man. And and one thing I, I want to talk about is a guy that y'all have already got down there, and that's Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, the season that, that happened last year and now, um, what kind of season do y'all expect him in, in 2022? And, and I, man, I think it's going to be a huge year. Could you talk about that? Yeah, the big thing is, Taking that jump and winning games for Tyler. Look, mm-hmm. he did well, ACC Offensive uh, Rookie of the Year. Uh, you know, he, he struggled early, uh, lost a couple games there, first couple uh, couple starts in the ACC, and then turns it around, get, gets some wins going, puts up some big numbers. Essentially, you know, what was really impressive is he had at least three touchdown passes in his final six games, didn't wow. get a chance to play in the bowl game. And in all six of those games, he throws for over 300 yards. He's a 6'4 guy with a big right arm, um, throws it downfield pretty good. You know, that's mm-hmm. uh, he's got that big arm and, and good accuracy downfield. The big thing with Tyler now, look, it's one thing to, to step up and kind of surprise people, and he did that throughout the year. And, and again, it wasn't just a couple games. He did, you know, obviously on the scouting report. But now he has a whole offseason expectations growing. He's got to adapt to a new offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a couple, his top two receivers are gone. So it's not that he can't have a good season. Mm-hmm. It's just, there are some things he'll have to work through. He's got a lot of, a lot of attention on him. He's the guy now, um, mm-hmm. you know, he took over last year after the starter went down with the venture season and the injuries so mm-hmm. got thrown in there. Didn't have a choice. Now he's the guy and leadership is big for him, but just all the attention on him. Um, and I think the big thing is you certainly want to grow and, you know, you got that, even though wins were coming on, you know, he didn't play well against Florida State, a rivalry game, lose that game, uh, throws a couple of interceptions and, uh, you know, it's just more consistency, but, you know, winning games, certainly at a place like Miami, you know, we touched on Auburn, just at these big schools, you've got to win games. No doubt. No doubt, man. And, um, uh, Christopher, man, who, who is behind him in that QB room? Yeah, so Jake Garcia, he's a guy that, yeah. uh, he's a year younger. He was a guy, personally, I was really excited about um, coming in. He gets hurt last year. Um, I thought he was going to beat out Tyler, simply put. Um, and I felt like that's what they thought internally. However, um, mm. Jake gets hurt, he goes down with an injury. Tyler's the guy that, that's available, and then Tyler takes advantage of his opportunity. Now Jake's... Um, essentially in this backup role, you know, he's not going to get the opportunity unless Tyler struggles, you know, mm-hmm. just based on what happened last year. Um, but I like him. He's got good ability. Uh, so they have him. He's the backup. He'll be the backup. And then they just bring in Jakari Brown, a guy out of Georgia. 
uh, dual threat guy who showed a lot of improvements. Um, so there's talent in the quarterback room. And, um, and Jake is still on board. You know, that's people thought maybe he would transfer because Tyler's still around. But the thing is, look, if Tyler has another good year, He's going to have a chance to, to leave early. Yep. This will be his third year. He'll have a decision to make if it's if it's that good of a season. And then Jake can kind of step in the following year. But we'll see. Um, you know how quarterbacks are. You know, <laughs> on the field. So That's if Jake feels like it's not an option or, uh, you know, but, but like I said, right now he's excited about Miami and um, just has to be patient, essentially, and get better. You know, he's got to uh, – Take advantage of his practice. Perhaps he missed some time a little bit last year, obviously, with the injury. Well, Christopher, man, looking at this 2022 season, man, um, year one for Mario, could you kind of go over the schedule a little bit, uh, some key matchups and expectations for year one? Yeah, the, the big thing is, you know, um, you know, it, it starts with, I mean, they, they play a couple games, but then they go at Texas A&M in game three. Wow. And a lot of people are excited about Texas A&M with what they're going to be bringing back. Miami's going to be underdogs in that game. Miami returns guys, but they went, you know, they didn't have a great season last year. Mm-hmm. Seven and five. It, uh, you don't know what exactly you're going to get from year one out of a coach, but Miami's got some good talent. I, again, with the ACC is going to be taking a step back. It's a lot of teams in terms of replacing quarterbacks. That's mm-hmm. always a big thing with the ACC. It's not uh, real deep across the board in terms of, every position being strong, but like last year, you had some good quarterbacks in the conference and it kind of makes it a little bit tougher, but a lot of people, a lot of turnover there. So look, Miami and their division, uh, it's not an overwhelming division. It's not like mm-hmm. one of these other divisions around the country. You know, you got, you know, Virginia tech and North Carolina, you know, Duke, Georgia tech, these aren't overwhelming teams, mm-hmm. uh, in the division. So Miami, essentially, if they're operating, uh, where they need to be, they should be successful. You know, they do play at Clemson this year. They don't usually mm. um, have to play Clemson. They, they've been able to avoid Clemson uh, in recent years. And the times they've played them recently, they've gotten drilled. So mm-hmm. these, those are the two big games uh, on the road, tough environments. And we'll see if, if Mario can get one of those huge wins in year one. And then obviously Florida state's down. You play them at home. He's got to win that game. Mm. Um, just, just rivalry standpoint, you want to start uh, getting some good positive trends going with, with in your rivalry game. But yeah, it, a lot's going to be said in terms of where Miami can finish. Can they? I certainly think they can. You know, win the division if it all goes well. If Clemson's a little bit down, can Miami win the ACC? It's never happened mm. since they joined the conference in 04. They've only won the division once. They only have one 10 win season since 03. Wow. So, there's always a lot of hype with this team. That, that's what Miami's been good at. Um, I think on the crystal ball, it, they're going to be looking to deliver results. Man, that was good stuff right there. Uh, Christopher, man, at, I'm looking at Clemson, and, and they're having some struggles at the quarterback spot, and, and uh, definitely not Deshaun Watson back there. And, then, uh, you know, so, I mean, it, that could be a winnable game for you guys. Uh, and, man, you know – one big thing to me is, is you know, like I said earlier, growing up and just watching um, Miami and USC and Ohio State and, and um, you know, all those blue blood programs, man. You know, how long do you think this is going to take for before Miami gets back to the to the national dominance? Uh, 
I, I think Miami should be in a national um, conversation. I think you take your steps. You win your division, you know, kind of multiple times in a, in a good grouping, right? Three mm-hmm. out of four years, something like that, back to back. Do something positive. Again, it's only happened once in the last, you know, essentially 20 years. I mean, they need to get back to, to doing those kind of things, kind of dominating. And I don't think, I don't think Miami is as far uh, away in terms of being, you know, can they be a consistent top 15 program? Can they get into the mm-hmm. playoffs? A lot has to go right to get into that. Uh, Miami has a ways to go. I don't want to oversell it there. But mm-hmm. look, Coach Cristobal, you touched on his coaching staff. You know, they touched on these recruits. You know, it, is it unreasonable to think in a couple, two, three years, Miami can't have a, a, a good team? You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think that they should be able to do that. Um, the one thing about Miami, um, you keep touching on some of these guys that played at Miami in the past. And yep. Even though the, the results haven't been there for Miami, the one thing that has not changed is there's still talent in South Florida. It is not tons of it. It is not one of these things that has gone away from the area or it's harder to work. You know, these kind of things, it's still in place and it still pumps out recruits. You, When you have that for any program across the country, when you have mm-hmm. your talent base strong, you have a chance of, of having a good good team and again when you talk about Miami what they recruit against they don't always, they don't go head to head with their division foes you know they're mm-hmm. not going head to head very often with Duke props Duke players uh, it's just a simple mm-hmm. fact of things even Virginia Tech you know they just don't go head to head with those divisions it's kind of a unique situation so they should be able to to be more consistently winning their division and I, I, I I'm flat out honest I, I just think it should happen um, sooner than later, and I wouldn't have. I haven't always said that with every coach that's come through here. <laughs> I think thing, I just haven't. I, one one thing I like to say is, you know, over over the years, essentially, you know, with Clemson and Florida State certainly doing really well during this time too. I would have been surprised if Miami won the conference. Simply put, under mm. these coaches, mm-hmm. even what those two schools have been doing with Coach Cristobal. The state of the ACC, I will be surprised if he doesn't win an ACC title at some point or some point soon. No doubt. I'm not saying declaring it this year, but it's kind of the reverse. I just think that um, there's reasons for the excitement, and I think he's going to back it up with results. I'd be surprised if he didn't. Mm, I I agree 100%, man. I think they are on the way, and I want them back on top of the college football world. Uh, I know I'm a huge Auburn fan, but like I said, man, I was always uh, the 30 for 30s on the U and Michael Irvin and all. Man, it's just uh, college football is better when the Blue Bloods are uh, are on top, man. And, and, uh, you know, I want to throw one quick one at you because uh, it, it always sticks out to me. Um, Miami, Ohio State, is that still the worst pass interference call in the history of college football? Well, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Miami fans still bring that up. You know, it's still, uh, you know, Miami and Ohio State have played a few times since then. Yes. Uh, You know, look, it's one thing. You can erase things like that in your memory. You can always be disappointed if you go on to have positive results. Um, afterwards, I think you talked mm-hmm. about that, but Miami has not had that. The next year, that was in 02, 03, um, they go 11 and 2. They have six first rounders. That's Sean Taylor's year. Mm. And then from that 03 season, they have one 10 win season after that. And like I said, not winning a conference title. They're not winning. I think they've won 
just a, a few bowl games, you know, it's not even, mm-hmm. you know, you're just not having a lot of success. So, of course, that's going to stick out in everybody's mind. And if you start winning um, big time, you can start to put that O2 memory uh, in the back of your mind a little bit easier. Well, Christopher, man, you know, I'm up here in SEC country. And there's been a lot of good teams here recently uh, with 19 LSU uh, people saying that the Joe Burrow team's the greatest college football team of all time. But uh, is is the 2001 Miami Hurricanes the best college football team of all time? I mean, I think so. And I think yeah. the big thing you look at, what what's kind of separates them is the amount, the amount of talent. It's really impressive. I don't have all the numbers, but mm-hmm. the amount of first-rounders on – the total on that team, their dominance that they had during the, the season, I, I think you'd uh, have a tough argument um, to make the case that, they, they're, that they're not the, the best. But certainly, I'm saying that, and you mentioned that the LSU team, certainly a lot of respect mm-hmm. to, to what they were able to do that year. is certainly very impressive. And offensively, the, the numbers they put up, especially against other good teams, was really impressive. Yeah, man, I, I, I stick out here. I'm an outsider because I always take up for 01 Miami. And, uh, you know, they just – my buddies, man, they're like, oh, you're crazy, you know, uh, 19 LSU and Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson. But um, I just – I love that Miami program, man, and, and I hope they get back as quick as possible. Um, Christopher, man, one thing I want to ask you, just one last thing, man. Um, the college football playoff, not expanding uh, beyond four teams until 2026, they say. Did they make the right call, or was it a bad call not to expand to, I guess they're saying eight or maybe even 12? I don't know. What What is your uh, What is your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of impartial on it, to be honest. I think what, what you're seeing, though, and, and I don't know how you're going to change it, there's just not a lot of incentive with bowl games. It keeps, it, it seems to keep drifting away from it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think until you have some sort of incentive at the end of a season, whether it's a playoff or whatever it might be, I think it's a little maybe it's a little complicated in terms of scrapping everything with all the bowl uh, history or do you combine playoffs with bowl? I think that there's a lot of uh, it seems like a complicated thing to decide on. Mm-hmm. You know, but what we've seen here, like, and you've covered, you've paid attention to college football a long time, is mm-hmm. everything's progressive. You know, as though at one point, would there ever be a playoff? You know, the BCS system, you know, at one point that wasn't even, before that, they didn't even do that. You know, mm-hmm. some teams, uh, you know, you just got voted in and to the bowl game and however it played out, the voters voted on the champion and that created a lot of controversy. So a lot of things have progressed over time. I, I'd be surprised if it doesn't expand at some point just because we've seen it. The one thing I would say, though, it, it would create more excitement and whatnot, but the one thing you can't argue about this four, four teams getting in is it seems to be the top four teams getting in. I don't no think doubt. in years past we didn't even know if the best four were in or – who was even the best champion? You know, mm-hmm. we didn't even know who the best team was sometimes. Sometimes they wouldn't get voted in or at the right bowl game the way it worked out. But I do think that the best four get in. I think that was always the goal. So at least they're getting that right. And, I, I, you know, I think it um, shakes out where the best team does win when you only have four teams. But certainly the excitement of everything, and I know people argue about, you know, would it diminish the regular season? Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly – uh, you can go both ways. Uh, I didn't give you a straight answer. I kind of no, man, that, that's that's talked about it. that's perfect. And uh, you know, my take on it is uh, my Auburn Tigers. They uh, 
I feel like they got robbed in 2004, not getting a chance going undefeated in the, in the Southeastern Conference, man. Um, and it was absolutely heartbreaking to not even get a chance to play in the national championship game, uh, not getting a chance to play in a playoff, to to play in Oklahoma or USC that year, and to get, just get a, a shot. And then, you know, like last year, A&M had one loss, and they were sitting there at five and six and, and back at five, and, oh, we didn't get in. Well, you know, my stance on that is you shouldn't have got blown out by 30, you know, uh, you know against Alabama. So, um, I'm a huge fan of, of just keeping it at four because I feel like you said the right team always wins. And I feel like if you expand it, man, it's just asking for more. I mean, I hate to say this, but it's asking for more blowouts. Um, because this year we got two games that were just absolute duds and, um, and then, you know, you got the, the national championship game. And, and I just feel like if you expand, man, it's just, it's just, you know, more meaningless football. And let's just get to the point. Um, and that's my take on it. So, uh, man, Christopher, I have enjoyed this. Um, I, I really enjoyed listening to uh, your takes on Miami football and, and everything that we went over. If you could, man, could you, could you uh, give my listeners a way to follow you and, uh, you know, I know inside the you.com, I know you do some stuff on YouTube. And uh, could you give us a rundown on that, man? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the site. And definitely appreciate you, man. I've listened to your podcast. You're doing great work. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Listen to your, you know, the Nebraska one there. So that was good. Um, so just keep keep pushing ahead, man. You're, you're doing great. Thank you. Uh, yeah, InsideU.com, like you said, that's the website. A lot of articles on the team and, and the web, you know, recruiting and everything there. And then also YouTube. I've been able to pick up on that and do a lot of stuff on YouTube. It's inside the U. Um, you can search for that on, on YouTube. Uh, do interviews. And I like interviewing um, kind of like what you're doing here where you just interview different reporters or yeah. do some sit long form stuff with, with players, you know, um, to get their take. And that's always great to be able to do a little bit more long form stuff there. So um, and, and then Twitter, I'm on there uh, at Inside View as well. So those are kind of the, the spots that I'm at. Mm-hmm. Definitely the, the site and YouTube. I'm having a lot of fun with that for sure. Man, Christopher, uh, you know, hopefully I can get you back on maybe uh, right before the season or, or during a bye week, and we, and we can give a uh, we can give like a little uh, um, a report card grade or, or, or mid season review for the Miami Hurricanes. Man, uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, whenever you want. Like uh, like I said. You know how to reach me. I definitely hope to to be on again soon. Thanks, man. Man, I appreciate it. And we'll talk soon, Christopher. All right, take care. All right, man. Wow, everybody, Christopher Stock. (laughs) What an episode, man, covering the Miami Hurricanes. Absolute great stuff. Uh, You just heard it. Everything you went over, recruiting Mario Cristobal, uh, Tyler Van Dyke coming back from that 2021 season expectations talking about uh the miami fan base and how excited they are and just everything that you want to hear about miami hurricanes football go check him out on social media um and and get on youtube man watch his inside the u.com stuff uh some of his interviews with with past players and and going around and uh getting people from 247 i've watched uh, quite a few of them here lately and uh they are awesome man he does really really great work and uh his interviews are 
amazing. So uh, if you have any interest in the in the Miami football program, go check Christopher Stock out. And Christopher, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely enjoyed it, and I uh, can't wait to get you back on. So everybody, uh, if you could run over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give me five star review if you could. If not, just uh, you know, <laughs> hate it for me. So uh, man, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, and hey, until the next one, I'm out. I'll catch y'all later. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.